This summer, L.L. Bean invites you to simply step outside and enjoy the fresh air and sunshine. We'll be your guide with tips and advice to get more out of every moment outdoors. Here's one. On your next camping trip, turn a headlamp into a lantern in five seconds. Strap the headlamp around an empty clear water bottle or milk jug and turn it on. The soft white light will brighten up a tent. For more fun ideas, easy how-tos, and inspiring stories, visit llbean.com guide. Amidst the rolling hills of Baltimore County, a two-lane road cleaves the 62 acres that remain of a former grand estate and plantation that once covered 25,000 acres. The mansion sits on the north side and the remnants of the farm to the south. It's a storybook picture set in the middle of what is now a busy suburb of Baltimore. But as most plantations go, the horrific enslavement of humans mars the earth that helped a new nation prosper. I'm Jason Epperson, and today on America's National Parks, Maryland's Hampton National Historical Site. Built as the summer and vacation home of the powerful Ridgely family of Baltimore and Annapolis, the cream-colored mansion sits at the top of the hill, with the rest of the property spreading out beneath it. The rooms are numerous and lavish, sporting hand-painted window shades, wallpaper imported from Europe, a music room complete with a harp and a courting couch, multiple sitting rooms and parlors, each decorated in lush carpets and velvety furniture. A magnificent cupola tops the three-story house, drawing out the heat of the summer. And if you look very closely, two of the Ridgelys, quite likely children, engraved their names on a pane of glass at the portico entrance on June 19th. 1842. The terraced gardens spread out behind the mansion, geometric in design, bold colors and subtle textures, flanked by magnolias and tulip poplars. The opulence of the estate for a part-time home is striking. A family of this prominence spared no attention to detail or luxury. A glass orangery provided citrus fruit year-round. A grassy knoll fronting the mansion conceals the ice house, an underground structure that stored enough ice to last through the summers and enabled the family to enjoy ice cream even in July. The remnants of the farm occupy the larger southern parcel of the land. The buildings are beautiful, even the donkey barn with stone facades featuring clay-colored trim and scalloped caves shaded by the surrounding trees. The slave quarters are among the most intact specimens surviving across the country today and certainly among the most glamorous, if that's a word we can use for slave quarters. Everything in view from the mansion was expected to present a certain aesthetic, obfuscating the hardships of the enslaved population at Hampton, which numbered well over 300 at its height. Six generations of the Ridgely family owned Hampton from before the American Revolution into the 20th century. The plantation thrived, but the real money came from the discovery of iron on the property. The Ridgely Ironworks prospered, the profits all the more plentiful because the family didn't have to hire staff. They ran their massive operations, the plantation, iron furnaces, and the mansion itself with free labor via enslaved people, indentured servants, and even sometimes convicts. The path to freedom at Hampton was a snapshot of the plight of the enslaved throughout America, but with a twist. Here's Abigail. Abigail. 
1745, Colonel Charles Ridgely purchased 1,500 acres in central Maryland. He built a small cabin and began developing the property in earnest, planting a plantation with tobacco and other regional crops. When iron was discovered on the holdings, a different plan began to take shape, and one that would drive a suite of successful Ridgely endeavors over the span of 200 years and the acquisition of a large amount of adjoining land. Once the mansion was completed in 1790, the cabin, which had expanded over time, became known as the Lower House and served as the overseer's headquarters for the running of the plantation. Hampton was a massive operation and once encompassed quarries, iron forges, and an iron furnace. In addition to the agricultural endeavors, which included orchards and livestock, racehorses, dairy cows, hogs, and merino sheep. Today, the park preserves one of the finest surviving examples of Georgian architecture in the United States. But it also preserves the stories of the people of Hampton. Not just the Ridgeleys, who were prominent commercially and powerful in local leadership, but the story of the enslaved workers, who served not only as field hands and house domestics, but skilled laborers such as blacksmiths, millers, jockeys, and grooms at the emergence of horse racing in Maryland. Hampton and the Ridgeleys are a microcosm of plantations and slave labor across the Mid-Atlantic region. And the fact that the Ridgeleys, while a wealthy and powerful family regionally, were not household names like George Washington or Thomas Jefferson, allows a bit of anonymity and generalization to the story of slaveholding by taking away from the more famous slaveholding establishments such as Mount Vernon or Monticello. Anecdotal evidence of benevolence to the enslaved people abounds in Hampton's copious records from the Ridgely family. Detailed inventories of clothing given biannually to the slaves, Sunday school classes for the enslaved children, the grave of longtime Hampton slave Nancy Davis in the cemetery on the property, even Christmas gift lists which provided items such as dolls, doll furniture, toy soldiers, and musical instruments to the enslaved children. The sheer beauty of the slave quarters buildings can fool a visitor into thinking they were well-loved members of the family. This sugar-coated view of slavery at Hampton paints a partial and very biased view. Digging deeper, the artifacts tell a different story. Neck irons, which shackled people around their necks for the purpose of chaining them together, were used routinely at Hampton. Runaways were not uncommon, especially during heightened times of uncertainty such as the death of a master, widespread economic instability, and war. Even the Christmas lists had hidden agendas. Withholding a gift could be used as a power exercise, And in fact, the Christmas lists are annotated with reasons that gifts were withheld. Attempts to run away, other forms of misbehavior, children rented out to other plantations, too old to receive a gift. And the actual giving of a gift brought its own sense of power to the giver and potential oppression to the recipient. The Christmas gift list was not truly an exercise in kindness. It was also a type of emotional currency The same was true of the way the Ridgeleys referred to enslaved people at Hampton. Although many, if not most, had surnames, 
presumably their own family surnames, since the enslaved people were not named Ridgely, they were not always identified by their proper name. It might be a possessive name, such as Lucy's Dan, or attributes that might not be flattering, such as Big Charlotte or Yellow Harry. The bottom line is that the enslaved people at Hampton, as was true everywhere, were never truly thought of as people, not even those who brought significant skills to the estate. Quite simply, they were possessions. During the time before slavery was outlawed, each of the first three masters of Hampton had a different approach to slave owning, driven by the perceived needs of their numerous enterprises at the time, and the personal feelings that they or their immediate family held about the institution of slavery. The truth is that Maryland was a slaveholding northern state, with few free blacks compared to Pennsylvania or New York. And Hampton was one of the largest slaveholding estates in Maryland. While more than three-quarters of slave owners nationwide imprisoned ten or fewer, Hampton held hundreds. We'll be back in a moment, but first, a quick break for a message from our favorite place to search for the best campground for your national park adventures, Campendium. Campendium lists virtually every campground in North America and every type of campsite you can imagine. From remote backcountry tent sites to RV parks with water slides and pickleball courts, you can search by price, including free or by cell service, elevation, whether pets are allowed. Dozens of different search filters will bring you detailed user reviews so you can find the best campsite for your trip. Campendium is free at campendium.com or on the app, and you can upgrade to a RoadPass Pro membership to unlock an ad-free experience with more detailed cell service reports, public land map overlays, trail maps, and more. A RoadPass Pro membership also includes other premium apps like Togo RV and Road Trippers. Visit Campendium.com or download the app today and save $10 off a RoadPass Pro membership with code RVMILES10X. The second master of Hampton, Charles Ridgely Carnan, who changed his name to Charles Carnan Ridgely under the terms of his inheritance in his uncle's will, was governor of Maryland and one of the largest slaveholders in the state. He presided over a well-oiled machine and reaped the benefits of free labor to run the agricultural and industrial undertakings of the family. Yet his decision to free his slaves by a manumission clause in his will was considered by some to be a foolish disaster in the making by reducing the available free labor, while others considered it a generous and forward-leaning bold move in the name of abolition. Ridgely's decision was influenced by his devout daughter, but the impetus of the decision and the result of the decision are not completely congruent. The full truth is a bit more complicated. The will of Charles Carnan Ridgely specified that upon his death in 1829, his enslaved workers were to be conditionally set free. However, this seemingly benevolent act came with the following restrictions. 
females could not be freed until age 25, and males until age 28. Those over age 45 could not be legally manumitted at all. Instead, the will specified that the Ridgely family would care for them. Young adults in their prime remained enslaved until they reached the specified age of manumission. Any children they bore during the enduring term of their enslavement remained so until they themselves reached the specified age of manumission. Hence, rather than that folk tale that Charles Carnan Ridgely freed all his slaves at the time of his death, in truth, he created a paradigm of delayed manumission resulting in people who became known as term slaves. People still enslaved, but with an end date for their term of servitude. Families were torn apart, and some decided to stay with the Ridgleys to preserve the bond with their children. The remaining, in an odd twist, were not all inherited with the estate. Some were bequeathed to other family members. The next master of Hampton, John Ridgely, proceeded to purchase new slaves to fill the void, making the estate, once again, a large slaveholding enterprise. Hampton remained a slave-owning estate until full emancipation was declared by law. Despite the swell of success the Ridgely Ironworks had enjoyed, by the mid-1800s, ironmaking was on the decline in Maryland. Over time, the size of the estate diminished due to the abolition of slavery, economic troubles, and division of property among multiple factions of the family. By 1872, the estate consisted of the home farm on about 1,000 acres. Over time, the Ridgeleys once again found themselves living in the lower house. In the 1940s, the rise of suburbia led to the surrounding land becoming single-family homes and small businesses. Finally, in 1948, the family sold the house and remaining property to a foundation that donated it to the National Park Service. Hampton National Historical Site is located in Towson, Maryland. Today, it's nestled between private homes, both large and small, in a town that is the seat of Baltimore County. The park is open daily, year-round. Mansion tours are available, and the park presents several ranger programs on a regular basis, including topics such as architecture, gardens, and, of course, servitude. Visitors are free to wander the grounds, take their dogs for a romp, and a picnic. Lots of research material on slavery at Hampton is available. In 2020, the National Park Service published a report on slavery at Hampton entitled Tracing Lives in Slavery, Reclaiming Families and Freedom, an Ethnographic Solution to a Historical Problem. This comprehensive study set out to find the descendants of the people who were freed via Charles Ridgely's 1829 will and broadened its scope to include as many of the enslaved families as possible. One particularly interesting chapter tells the story of the Cummins family, who in the first generation of freedom became notable people in the community, such as a renowned chef and politicians. Hampton remains an excellent place to introduce children to the concepts of enslavement, manumission, and emancipation, and has numerous exhibits related to the topics. The park website also includes stories of some of the enslaved African Americans at Hampton, and more generally, Hampton provides a window into plantation life in the North and a lesser-known but historically significant family in American history. A visit to Hampton can be paired with nearby Fort McHenry National Monument 
and Historic Shrine. This episode of America's National Parks was hosted by me, Jason Epperson, narrated by Abigail Trebu, and written by Lauren Eisenberg Davis. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search National Park Podcast. You can also join our America's National Parks Facebook group. If you're interested in RV travel, check out rvmiles.com and find us at the RV Miles Podcast. You can also follow Abigail and me as we travel the country with our three boys all over social media as our wandering family. Today's show was sponsored by L.L. Bean. Follow the hashtag BeAnOutsider and visit LLBean.com to find great gear for exploring the national parks. And by Campendium. Find listings and reviews for thousands of campsites for your next national park adventure at Campendium.com. <laughs>